The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What is going on, everybody? Have we got a special one in store for you? This is the inaugural, I guess since it's football related, we'll call it the kickoff of the first ever Sooners 360 Roundtable. Um, everybody here is a part of the uh, site, Sooners360.com, uh, working to be the leading source for recruiting news, analysis of, of your Oklahoma Sooners and, and football and other athletics. Um, it, it is definitely a mission of ours to provide you with the absolute best, most unfiltered, but true, honest, unbiased content we can we can bring you. Uh, just wanted to give the rundown so everybody knows uh, who's here. You might recognize uh, recognize my voice. I'm Barry from the Barry and Mac Show. Also have uh, Damien along, but maybe some guys you might not know. Uh, Chris Mason, who is the uh, uh, recruiting analyst over there at Sooners 360. Uh, also have Caleb Cummings um, offering fantastic insight when it comes to to player evaluations, and uh, Matt Burns and uh, Kyle Dahlgren uh, that they helped uh, with the spearheading of the site. Uh, that they are they are big contributors over there, and and we just are excited to get this thing off and running. Uh, so there might be you know we'll see how the roundtable goes today, but I don't want to waste anyone's time. OU had. A pretty important weekend, and that weekend led to uh, some action. And I'm, I'm going to throw it to Chris to uh, give us a rundown. Chris, we had some uh, important additions to the 23 class. So, well, why don't you go ahead and give us some insight? Uh, thanks, Barry. Uh, as we mentioned on the recruiting podcast that we recorded last week, a uh, quick plug for that, the 360 recruiting podcast. Oh, you had a big recruiting weekend, a lot of unofficial visitors, official visitors. And right now, OU has gotten two public new commitments going from taking the class to 22 commitments. Uh, one from Ashton Sanders, defensive tackle from uh, California. And then the newest one today, this afternoon, from Tyler Wine, a defensive end from Tennessee. And it's Fairly well known as a third commitment coming. Uh, we've seen it from J.R. Sadlin, the OU recruiting coordinator, has put it out on Twitter. And it's most people, folks, most folks believe that's going to be Kendall Dolby from uh, from NEO, the Juco DB. So I'd just like to open up to the group. Uh, Caleb, could you, I'm going to send it over to you first. Could, could you talk a little bit about uh, Ashton Sanders? I know we've discussed a lot on the message board. About him, I'd, I'd like to hear your your initial view on him. Yeah, absolutely. No, we've probably gone back and forth a little bit on him, trying to get an idea. Is a guy that came out really late, right? For uh, for OU IDing him, he was formally committed to Cal, chose Cal over Wisconsin. Uh, you know, you look back at him and, and and kind of what 
what uh, Barry, you know, did on the board and looked at some of his social media and you see a kid that as a sophomore was 350 pounds, uh, made some, some really drastic changes to just his nutrition and his fitness. I think he said somewhere that he played his junior year at 330 pounds, uh, checked in his senior year, 297 pounds. Uh, so you're talking about a kid that lost over 50 pounds, uh, probably an 18 month time span. Uh, and, and, you know, last we'd heard was somewhere in the neighborhood of 280 pounds. And you really see that when you watch his film, he's a little bit short, right? A little on the shorter side, listed anywhere from six, three, six, two, you know, I think we know how those go might really be six, one, uh, somewhere in that, in that range, but he's long armed. Uh, he's got really good length. Uh, so you see with that, he's carried weight in the past, he's got the frame to carry more weight. But one of the things you notice really kind of jumps out is for a kid in the neighborhood of, you know, 6'2", 290 pounds playing his senior year at, he's really athletic. They line him up uh, really at defensive end, nose guard, defensive tackle. He's making plays. He's pushing the pocket. He runs well, moves well. He's got his feet aren't that of a, of a heavy kid, uh, right? I know he's talked about that that dropping that weight really uh, has changed uh, his athleticism. And you see that on tape. And I think a lot of us saw, you know, Mark, uh, Caden McDonald, rather, when he chose Ohio State, the first thought is, what's Oklahoma going to do for a nose guard in this class? And uh, they turned to him uh, and they turned to Ashton Sanders. And with him, I think you get more than a nose guard. You get a kid that can play the nose. He can play that one or that zero technique because uh, he's a big, strong kid. But he's also an athletic kid. Could be really disruptive, get upfield. I think he'll have to spend some time, you know, continue to get stronger, continue to reshape his body. Uh, you know, you hope maybe Oklahoma goes to the portal uh, or, you know, or co be the best option returns for another year. But I think they've got a good, uh, a, you know, a really good football player. That's something BV talks a lot about. Right. And you, you can see that there's video of him online rallying his team late in the fourth quarter. He's on the standing on the bench. He's yelling at everybody, getting them up. You know, you know they've got to have a stop to win, you know, a key game to get to the playoffs. So, you know, I think one of the things BB really excels at, right, is, is finding guys that are football players. And I think Ashton Sanders fits that mold. Yeah, I, I would agree. He's, I think, considering where they were with really no other nose guard offers out there except for Hayden McDonald, and really they made an attempt at Amori Washington for a while. And, and I still don't quite understand what's gone on with Marcus Deal's recruiting. He's now committed to TCU as an offensive lineman. So really a quick response from OU in terms of needing, you know, you, you look at the depth chart, and we're going to talk about it later. Um, you look at the depth chart, OU has like no def young defensive tackles or nose guards right now, really. Uh, you've only got Alton Tarber, and really that's about it. So OU's got to build some depth there. I'm just going to throw a name out there being from the Atlanta area and want to see if you guys can maybe see this. You know, Grady Jarrett really fits this size profile. The uh, I'm not saying he's going to become an old, you know, that Ashton Sanders is become an old pro defensive tackle. But, you know, Grady Jarrett was from Clemson. He was, you know, he was a third, fourth round pick. He was about 6'1", 295 coming out of, out of Clemson. And I kind of see some similar perhaps future you know, I think, you know, if you want to talk about a high-end uh, ceiling for, for Sanders, you know, Bates is the guy that created Grady Jarrett. So, you know, I think there's a, there's, there's a possibility 
you know, that Sanders could have a really high profile for OU. No, that's a really good call out. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to that point, I think on the board, I mentioned one of the comps, you know, for what I saw in, in Ashton Sanders was another Clemson guy, Tyler Davis, who is, you know, I think to your point, I think Grady Jarrett, 6'1", 300 pounds. Uh, Tyler Davis, who's been what will be a four-year starter for Clemson, you know, came in, started as a true freshman. He's in that 6'1 and a half, 6'2", 300 pounds. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things, right? When I saw that he was actively, Wisconsin was one of, his, one of his primary schools, you know, immediately, okay, he's strong and he can probably hold the point of attack because that's what Wisconsin is going to recruit for a nose guard in a 3-4 in the Big Ten. Like, that's just what they do. And you know that. And it's kind of the same thing. You give you give BV the benefit of the doubt. He really likes the kid. He talked about him in a passive way at one of the pre- uh, news conferences, right, last week. Uh, and, you know, there's certain guys, it's like, you know, Ohio State's recruiting a defensive end, like, oh, he can probably play. You know, Iowa recruits an offensive tackle, okay, he can probably play. And it's kind of similar here. You know, you see that on the tape. Hey, Damian, obviously, oh, you going back to California. How much do you, uh, how much do you like to see the Sooners do that? SoCal and NoCal are two different states. It's kind of, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, we, we got a civil war going on in Cali. So, uh, no, nah, I'm not, no, no. Kicks, kicks and giggles, man. He's a good kid. Uh, he, it feels good to continue having a left coast uh, thing. Uh, you know, cooking, it matters. It matters. It mattered to us to know that there were some guys, you know, they, they had to let us know that the, uh, the fur coat came from Cali. I didn't know. I didn't know that <laughs> Holloway and them boys and how they was getting down. You know what I'm saying? They let, they made it very clear to us, you know, Cali swag was important to Barry Switzer. And, uh, obviously Blake was who recruited us and Bob used it too. Always want to make sure you got some of that West Coast cooking. Uh, you know, they bring a little different flair, a little different energy. Uh, and, 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 you know, we, we got a, some of our guys be a little, uh, you know, diva, evil maniac, but we got a lot of good production out of Cali. Right? You talk about Tony Jefferson, you talk about Kenny Steele, you talk about Lance Mitchell, obviously Roy and myself. I mean, you know, a lot of guys have helped uh, the Sooners the last 20 years. So shout out to the young kid. Uh, his film looks really good. Looks like a humble guy. I look forward to seeing him rocking the crimson and cream. Yeah, because I was a little concerned, uh, you know, after Lincoln left, it, it looked like the left coast was kind of falling off with this recruiting, you know, with this with this new staff. They weren't going to be recruiting uh, the left coast anywhere near as much. And, we, you know, we obviously lost the, the, the California verbals uh, that was sort of tied to Lincoln and tied to uh, Malachi Nelson. So I was actually really happy to see uh, us getting Ashton Sanders uh, from the California area. Hey, hey, Chris, since you mentioned him, let's close this class out. So this will be two for two on us uh, going out and showing them we know how to recruit defensive players and that they'll come to Oklahoma. Yeah, definitely. Uh, has everybody had a chance to see uh, Taylor Wine's high school video, his senior year's highlights? Because, you know, I really felt like Losing Colton Vasek was uh, was a was a huge blow. Recruiting momentum was like nil. Then you take a look at Taylor Wine's video, and you're wondering: Is did OU just find Colton Vasek again in Tennessee? <laughs> I, I don't think it's quite to to that extent. Yeah, to piggyback that, I I kind of thought the same thing. Right, I was as big a fan of Vasek as anyone, probably. Uh, I, I think the first thought when I saw Taylor Wine's film was. Okay, what's wrong? Why isn't Tennessee offered? Why hasn't you know Georgia Tech offered? Why isn't South Carolina offered? Like what what do I not know 
about this, about this kid, uh, because it is really good film. Uh, six, five, you know, two thirty ish somewhere in there can bend, can run just really natural kind of loose hipped athletic kid that can rush the passer. Uh, and just a really good football player. When you watch him, he's got some subtle things about him. Uh, it's kind of, yeah, really surprising to find a kid that good late. Yeah. I was very happy to see both Cincinnati and Kentucky offer him just, just having some respect for, for, you know, Luke Fickle, the way he runs his defense. And, you know, Mark Stoops has had some challenges this year, but, you know, that Kentucky program has been producing NFL defensive linemen. Yeah. And, you know, I think honestly, like give Brent, give, give BV all the credit in the world. Uh, I, you know, you listen to his press conference, was it two, three weeks ago? And he talked about challenging the staff to find kids and how the transfer transfer portal had changed things and how recruiting being sped up had changed things and how staffs, you know, aren't watching senior film anymore. Like, they did once upon a time and hunting for these kids they are you know by the time august rolls around they're looking to the next class okay you know we've got these guys we've got our targets and, and they're not paying attention and uh you know that's how you know that's how every uh every nfl draft every april you see guys coming out of colleges you know like i think one of the the comps i gave for like a really high-end comp was max crosby and it's how a guy like max crosby comes out of whatever central michigan or eastern michigan and you're like where'd this kid come from uh it's kind of the same thing right just gets overlooked uh but yeah he's got all the tools there probably need some time to develop get stronger get thicker in the upper body but like i mentioned this in this film one of the things that just sticks out is just really natural football player you know kind of a, i know he doesn't play linebacker but there's a lot of you know just see ball get ball you know it just has a way of uh you know turn his shoulders get 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 his hips flipped get turned inside you know Beat, just naturally beat the tackle, beat the tight end of the outside, turn the corner, drop a shoulder, and, and just, you know, kind of, I don't know if he's been like coached really well to do those things. A lot of it just looks like it's just what he does to go make a play. And it's just a kid playing football. And uh, yeah, again, I think that's something that this staff, you know, I think the previous staff really put a lot of emphasis on checking height, weight, speed metrics, uh, and maybe not as much on the football tape, if we're being honest. Uh, and I think this staff, you know, I think they do want those height, weight, speed metrics, but they want football players. And I think uh, you definitely get that with, with wine. And Kate, to, yeah, Kate, to oh, touch on, on that point, to touch on that point uh, on, you know, wine's tape. One thing that jumped out to me is you can tell his eyes are locked in on the play. You know, the, it, he's not wandering. He's not, um, worried about his assignment right in front of him, he's watching the ball, um, which is one thing that I think Grinch didn't really recruit or evaluate that trait that well. Um, and then on with Sanders, if we circle back to him real quick, kind of similar situation, you know, he he pops on tape as a football player, but sometimes, you know, how do you quantify that? Well, with him, you know, they're playing good opponents. They're playing Garfield, Sarah, LaSalle, Downey, Loyola. Those are all good LA high schools. He uh, led the team with almost seven tackles a game. He had 10 sacks over the season, you know, predominantly lining up in the middle. Um, they credited him with 56 quarterback hurries over the, the season, which, you know, it's I'm high school sure stats, they, but 
I'm not sure how they got to that step, but okay. Right. But, you know, you watch the tape and he's he's disruptive and causing chaos in the backfield. Um, you know, and he had also uh, 22 credited tackles for loss. So, you know, I think with both those guys, you have true football players as opposed to pure athletes. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Sanders also has one uh, uncredited block punt from his uh, senior year highlights. Um, just crazy watching him blow, you know, accelerate from the edge and block a punt when he was, you know, 6'2", 295. I mean, that's just crazy. Chris, do you know, is Wine going to be an early enrollee? Based upon some interviews that have been posted by some other sites, it looks like he's not enrolling early. That's a little bit of a blow. Holton Vasek was going to be an early enrollee. Um, so I, I think that probably puts puts him onto, on, onto Barry's evaluation list of probably a red shirt. But, you know, he's... He's a talented guy. OU needs defensive end. We know we need defensive end depth. So I think making any defensive end a red shirt right now is probably, you know, premature until we perhaps see what what arrives in the portal. And what's good about Wine too? He he plays a lot of that four tech uh, in high school. Um, so familiar with that position. If Venables does want to go with a little bit more of that thirty front. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, so let's move on to the, the third commit. We don't know who that is, but the internet seems to think it's going to be Kendall Dolby from NEO, the JUCO DB. Now, I have an NEO source I've worked with for about 25 years. He says that Dolby is one of the best players coming out of NEO in that entire time frame. But he's probably the best guy from NEO in the last 10 years. Uh, a tremendous teammate, tremendous player. He just won the Defensive Player of the Year for his JUCO conference. He's just a sen- and if you watch him on film, he's just a sensational-looking physical DB. And if some of the if some of the departure NFL departures occur that we think might occur, Woody Washington, I think there's a good chance for for Dolby to make his way into the into the two deep from the moment he gets on campus. And I'm I'm pretty sure he's a Mid-year, mid-year graduate. Yeah, no, I see the exact same thing with him. It's funny, uh, you know, following football for as long as we all have, right? You, you kind of see some patterns. And Dolby just looks like that kid that, you know, junior college kid kind of pops on the scene late, shows up to insert, you know, uh, top 25 program, starts for two years, leaves, goes to the NFL, third-round pick, fourth-round pick, hangs around the NFL for six six years. You know, just that type of he's, you know, uh, good length, explosive, that's your point, physical, uh, you know, it's a, it came kind of back. So we talked about a little bit with Grinch, like for a guy that recruited height, weight, speed, you, you don't see like the twitchiness out of the DBs uh, and with the way that, that Venables likes to run uh, zone coverage. And you see that with, with Dolby, you know, he can put his foot in the ground and drive on a ball and he's a physical kid. Uh, I think he'll come in. If if he is the guy, I think he'll come and have a great chance to start. Although I will say, uh, Gentry Williams looked, just watching him on Saturday, he's going to be very, very good. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, I think everybody knows that, but just, just watching him move under control, confident. He, yeah, I, I think the OU secondary is, uh, you know, is, is looking good in the future. 
and it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what they add in this class uh, at safety possibly hey kobe let me say this too let me say this because I, I i think maybe your casual armchair sooner fans are thinking about the weekend and obviously some of the rumors going around and some of the guys that were in town you got bowen in town you got hicks in town you got sanford in town and then i think it's you know two three stars and a and a juco kid what most people aren't realizing is what what coach coach v is doing is that random texas tech game when woody gets hurt and you know what i'm saying a holding pulls a hamstring and then they bring in this db and all of a sudden we have an eyesore and they're picking on us and they're kicking our ass generally we didn't have depth to have two three four five guys who could line up and then go make a play and play winning football what i see as the biggest uh you know response to the momentum from the weekend is we just got better with depth maybe maybe kobe doesn't hit the ceiling that he has and we don't know if his ceiling is even on a sunday but let's just say his ceiling all, all conference he never hits it but he comes into the program mature, hungry. He comes into the program with a, a bit of a, a pedigree of playing on Saturday. And he's, he's sitting behind a guy like a Gentry, right? Gentry comes and starts next year, or maybe Woody comes back holding. We figure out what's going to happen with him. But he's got depth of guys who play winning football ahead of him. When his turn is called and he's asked to go in the game, we're not going to have to worry about a pitfall of talent, which, by the way, we've seen by and large for the last over a decade in certain positions there's been certain times where we just haven't had depth right now it's becker and dn just saying so i think when we look at these players and obviously you guys are going to be looking at the analytics and the metrics and the and then the hips and the flips and all that good stuff <laughs> I, I like i like i like the game because the game's won by ball players and when you watch these three guys on film there's a distinct difference between the type of athlete going after the ball on these guys is highlight reels and game film versus what we saw with Grinch. And so I want to make sure we touch that piece because some people might be saying, yeah, I thought it was going to be Bowen or I thought it was going to be Hicks. And by the way, those guys are still rubbing up. We're going to, those guys ain't going nowhere. Sooner nation, we can go get those kids, but these guys matter. And I think they're going to be plus players for us. I wouldn't be surprised if one of them is a multi-year starter and somebody who, who does, you know, over and beyond what we'd ever imagined. Yeah. On that point real quick, you know, you're worried about three stars. We'll go watch Wine's tape and then go watch Reggie Grimes's tape from high school right after that. And tell me which one you think should be a four star and which one should be a three star. I think, you know, Wine's tape pops more than Reggie Grimes, who ended up being, you know, in the mid 100s, maybe 150 composite. Um, but that was a potential thing that he couldn't reach. Wine just looks like a good football player. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a great point Damien makes. You know, Dolby is, like I said, he's from JUCO. He's the JUCO Defensive Player of the Year. That's the same conference as Coffeyville, Garden City, Hutchinson. So we're talking really good, really good JUCO competition. And then... Dolby also got like close to 20 Division I offers, including some Power Five offers from the SEC. The one I like to mention most is Mississippi State, who thrives on Mississippi Juco defensive talent. For them to go to NEO and offer a kid, I, I think just says a lot about him. Hey guys, this is Kyle. Let me, I was kind of, of course, digging into some of the data um, of what like BV was landing his first couple of classes. I know Barry had mentioned it in the past. So I wanted to, kind of go back and look at what guys had with their recruiting ratings next to their name 
Um, and so like basically 2012 to 16, I know he got there like right as 12 was kind of getting finalized because that's back in the old February signing day era. Um, but basically over that like first five years where he's really changing over the roster, he had 17 defenders drafted out of those classes. Um, so a little bit over three a year. But what's most impressive is 10 of those guys were the blue chip four or five stars, but seven of them were three star or lower guys. So like it speaks to what you guys were saying, go out and find that talent, go find those ball players. Cause I mean, his first couple of years, there were a couple D tackles, a couple linebackers, like low rated guys by the sites that they went out and found and turned into NFL draft picks. Now he was still landing you know, five-star talent, you get some Watkins, McKenzie Alexander, those types. And, you know, it's nice to at least see them play out. I think OU fans have had their fair share of disappointing five-stars over the years. Uh, but uh, I think it's just, it speaks volumes that for really the entire era there, not just that beginning, even going into like looking at their current uh, starters and too deep. I mean, you've just got a multitude of these guys that don't have a blue chip little rating next to their name, and they're still either going to the NFL, they're starting for Clemson in a top five defense. I mean, before people get a little too down, like, oh, you know, these three stars that we're going to have to backfill, you know, because we couldn't land the five star. It's like, man, hold on. You, you don't know what these guys are looking for and the way that they plan to develop these players. I think it's it's going to be a sign of the new era in Norman for sure. That's such a good point, Kyle. I, you know, everyone in what is it, August twenty four seven or whomever it is, comes out with their composite, uh, you know, blue chip rankings. And I remember this past year, it held true kind of over that same time frame when they looked at that. Clemson was the one school that outperformed their rankings, like every, like Alabama. Uh, you know, LSU, these programs, LSU underperformed, but like Alabama, Georgia performed right at what you'd expect. Like, hey, they got all these great players. They tend to perform on par. Clemson was that one school. That, okay. For some reason, they overperform, right? And it's, to your point, like you could look at those great defenses he had. And yeah, they had some, some great defensive linemen or a great linebacker or whatever it might be. But there would always be these kids that you could look up and say, okay, who is this kid? I've never, you know, I don't, who's Tanner Muse? Like, I don't, you know, he's okay. He's like a three year starter playing in the NFL. He's like a two star, no star, uh, you know, big athlete that, that BV found, liked, developed, and, and goes on, and you know, like I say, is is gets them all ACC and the NFL, and that kind of holds true throughout. You know, I think BV just does a a better job than most, and probably a little old school in that, right? Like buying football players. We talked about that last week, right? Like they want guys that are physical, and and you know mm -hmm. can run and those things. And I think uh, I don't know. There's something to be said for guys that are innately physical, and you know. To, to steal his line, right? Run into the fire. You know, there's a, uh, there's uh sometimes that's, you know, I don't know if you're born with it or not, uh, or if it's developed when you're young and you can't overcome, you know, what, what, what that tendency gets developed, but some guys are just uh, a little bit more physical. Well, I'll bring up again, you know, watching wines tape versus um, Reggie Grimes's tape, same state, similar talent levels that they're playing against. And one just pops. He plays more physical. He plays more sudden. 
Um, you know, I'll go back to the eyes again. You know, I thought I was very impressed with that. It's it's a big deal. And circling back to Clemson again, too, I think they're the first. I, I can't remember if it's the modern BCS era or the only college football playoff era national champion to not have a top five recruiting class on campus when they won. So that goes to speak, you know, they find the guys that they want, they need, they know they can develop. And next thing you know, Clemson becomes Clemson. Well, I even just to bring up the point, you know, it, where everybody knows the Isaiah Simmons story with, you know, OU not even really sniffing around. He's just up the road and, of course, becomes what he becomes out in Clemson. But, heck, even just watching this season, while he may has not played as much as a lot of the OU fans have wanted, I mean, people forget Jaron Kanick was a low-rated three-star when Clemson came in and offered him, and then everybody else kind of started jumping on the bit, too. Um, his ranking obviously skyrocketed as his senior season, you know, progressed and more and more of those big time offers came flooding in. But I mean, they, they came in and they found him before anybody. And I think we've all seen, I mean, that same kind of physicality of a player like him just kind of looks different on the field this year. All right, guys, we're going to jump ahead to, to talk about, we've talked about the verbals. We think that's some really solid, really good guys coming to Norman. Let's talk about the two five-star superstars that have been dominating OU recruiting news for like the last three months. So I'm going to throw this out here. You can only have Hicks or Bowen. Which one are you taking? I'm going to make Caleb for, I'm going to force Caleb to make a decision first. Caleb? <laughs> God, I don't know. I mean, you win games up front, but I will say like there is a case to be made for for Bowen, and I would point to Exhibit A being what Billy Bowman did with that pick on Saturday. Like that was just a guy with great instincts, being a fantastic football player, erasing mistakes by other guys. You know, you got a corner, like corners mess up, blitz up, both of them come. Uh, should be an easy touchdown. Bowman sees it, has amazing range, closes it, picks it off. But yeah, I, I'll probably take the defensive lineman. Well, that's that's the Clemson model. If we're talking about that again, five-star quarterback, solid defensive line, and then you kind of fill in the rest behind a little pick and 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 take a knee or something. He he wants to get busy. Both are important. Oklahoma. I mean, here's the deal. Oklahoma needs to be tackles, but give me Bowen. I think he's a pretty boy who plays like a dog, and that's what you like. The game is very. Uh, rewarding to people who just kind of have a bouncy personality and charismatic, and you can just sense on the field how much they feed off of him and his play. But at the end of the day, he's a dog. That kid plays hard. He plays. You know, he plays mean, and he's he's got bad intentions. So, I mean, the, he's the playing right. right answers, the right answer is the tackle. But give me Bowen, and he's playing right now with a broken hand. And you saw that pick six the other night. Talk about a dog. Hundred percent. All right, Kyle, who are you going with? Yeah, I gotta do Bowen too. It it just seems like I mean that that Denton team is just outrageous having Arnold on that side and then Bowen on the other. It just seems like they're just both alphas that they're gonna do whatever it takes to win. And so maybe I haven't watched enough Hicks to see that come out in his film too. But yeah, it like they were saying, it, he's just a guy that erases mistakes. You, you need those special kind of players. 
Okay, that's that's a little surprising considering our fan base's obsession with five-star defensive tackles, defensive linemen, that 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 we're going the our round table is maybe leading towards Bowen. I'm probably gonna go with Bowen as well, but mainly for recruiting reasons. I think if you have as someone just the one dissenting voice. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I said I'm just probably the one dissenting. Oh, well, I wouldn't say nobody's not wrong, you know, to that point, like what, what Bowman did, uh, and then to like Bowen, right. I think was it on Friday night, Highland parks driving to pull within seven, he picks it off, runs back a hundred yards. The game's now 21. Like that's soul crushing to a team because now like, we don't want to throw at this kid. My only thing is, uh, if the team can run the ball on you, you know, it's just, as we've seen, it changes everything. Right. Like, you know, they're able to shorten the game, you know, they're able to get manageable. The playbook's open nonstop. If you've got a disruptive force on the interior, like you're pushing, you're collapsing the pocket, you know, in pass, but you're also shutting down their run game. You know, I don't know if Hicks is, is going to be that dominant of a guy. Uh, but if he is, if he is really, truly a five star defensive tackle, I, I would, you know, that would be my case for, for going with him. Hey, since you're on the top of let me ask you guys this question. Because you just hit my main reasoning for Bowen. Does Hicks look like a Tommy Harris or Jay, you know, Gerald McCoy, who, man, when he lines up the first play, he's going to kick ass more so than Bowen looks like an Ed Reed or, you know what I'm saying, a transcendent. When I look at Hicks, he looks like, okay, they're going to pick, you know, four to seven really good D linemen, and they're kind of going to throw him in this, in this cauldron to see which one hits. Versus when you got a safety who's just different than he's almost the best player on the field. Every time you watch film, like, dude, the safety's the best player. I mean, he's just literally jumping off the page. I I feel like Bowen's a true any year five star, and Hicks is like, uh, he's one of the best four this year five star. And and by the way, that's no disrespect, you know. I think the but on film, he doesn't just jump off the page like Bowen does consistently. Punt returns, interceptions, key tackles. He he consistently is jumping off the page, so that's why I pick Bowen. Uh, well, I would not disagree with you at all, Damian. I think that's to your point. Uh, it's like kind of you know Bowen's other teammate Yates. It was it's been my kind of thing when OU was recruiting him. I was like every time I watch Geyer, I can't find the kid. I don't. I, I'm trying to find where is he. I don't see him. Not making a play, and Bowen's the opposite. It's like if the ball's in the air, that kid is picking it off. He's running it back. He's he's you know he's hammering somebody. Uh, yeah, I would agree on on Hicks. Right? It's not uh, it's not the kind of film where you pop it on and say, "Oh my god, uh, it's good." You know, it's top one of the best defensive linemen in this class. But uh, yeah, I, I think you're right on Bowen. He looks like one of the best safeties. The last, you know, insert, I don't know how many years. Like, he's really that good, it looks like, on tape anyway. Here's a frightening thing. Uh, to go back and to go in the way back machine, and this name may frighten Damian more than he, he wants to admit, but the last guy from the, the Dallas area, safety, that could have ended up at OU, that looked that's this good on film that I saw, is Tony Cade. The- Okay, hey man, he is a sweet. He he gets he gets an honorary sooner, man. Nah, we we got love for TK. We got love for the man. He was just going through some tough times, 
But, but Tony he did not meet. But in high school, Damien, he was unbelievable. Oh, I, I, I heard all the stories. By the way, I heard all the stories, and I'll tell you a funny story. Their group was right behind our group, maybe three, four years. They talked so much head. Mind you, I'm still in my mid-20s, and I'm a guy who thrived on one-on-ones. We were in the middle of the street, um, Brooks Avenue in Norman, doing one-on-ones because they talked Tony K, Chijoke. It was that whole little crew, 05-ish or I don't know the exact years, but they, they talked so Chris, how many of them you think could hold me at the line? How many of you think got their hands on me? I probably none. Zero. TC Joke. Uh, uh, what's my man's name? He was a GA for OU. He left a couple years ago. He was he was deep hanging. He was eighty roommate. Marcus Marcus Walker. There you go from Waco. Yeah, Marcus like stud. He was a stud. Marcus, Marcus Walker. With his shoulders, that was just a shame, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's funny you brought up TC, man. TC's a solid but, guy. But, I saw him probably seven, eight years ago. Oh, is he doing good? Because he was, guys, he was from Louisville. He was Louis Baker's teammate, if that name is a little more familiar with these guys. He, in high school, was, I mean, when OU signed him, he was going to be the next Roy Williams. He was an absolute killer at safety at Louisville. He was just unbelievable. All right, sorry to drag you guys through the wayback machine here. I think we have we've reached a we've reached a, 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 a pseudo consensus of Bowen over X, which may surprise everybody on our message board. But let's jump to sort of our last topic here. OU's now at twenty two commits, maybe twenty three. We've added two D line, maybe another DB coming coming the next day or two. What's the what's the number one hole you see in this class? You you can go next. What do you see as the number one hole in this class? Um, well, it's hard to overlook, um, you know, defensive line as we've been talking about. Um, I think, you know, there's been a lot of debate about a guy like Akana. Um, is he an edge guy? Is he, uh, is he an end? Is he a cheetah type? Um, I think this class and this team really going forward needs kind of a versatile piece like that, um, to kind of pair with, uh, PJ Adebaore. Um, who is obviously a, can be a terror off the edge. And then you got a guy like Wine who can play uh, the strong side. I think you need a guy like Akana that can um, do a couple different things um, and talk about a football player. Uh, his senior year, he's really taken off. He was already very good. Um, but that seems like a can't-miss guy that you can pair with all these other defenders in the class um, to kind of give you you know, something – different that other teams are going to have to scheme around um, and, you know, just be a disruptor out there. Um, we're kind of thin at that, that spot anyway. And then I think backup to that, honestly, is, is tight end. You have a uh, Cade McIntyre. Is he going to play tight end? Is he going to play defense? Um, that leaves you with uh, Helms and Llewellyn, two sophomores with not that much playing time, not that many catches between them. Where do you go there? Is that a big portal target? Um, those those kind of look like two of the biggest holes to me. Okay, Caleb, where would you where would you where would you put your put your your virtual recruiting money next? Yeah, it's interior defensive line. So, so same thing, really. Uh, as Matt, right? I think PJ has got unbelievable potential, and you look at the growth trajectory of his older brother. Uh, and how quickly he put on like lean mass when he got to Northwestern and just, you know, became what I think uh, whoever that is that does it for ESPN, right? Like one of the future freaks. Uh, yeah. 
PJ's in that boat and he's going to be an early enrollee. Uh, so you've, you've got, you know, a guy that's got potential to be an elite edge player. They've got good linebackers in this class. I mean, between, uh, you know, Lewis Carter, Sam, uh, Omaswego and, and Pachati. And you've got guys for every one of those positions. I think Omaswego is going to be a monster when you look at him physically, the way he fills out guy plays receiver, the way he runs, he's just going to be, you know, a second level eraser a little bit like we saw from Bowman. Right. So it's got to be that interior defensive line. I think, I do think LeBlanc is going to play. I think he'll just naturally add size and strength. He's super long, you know, already 265 and looks amazingly lean because of how long he is. I think he'll play inside, but, uh, you know, and they did get Ashton Sanders, but it just kind of continued to, that, that position's already thin, you know, impact guys inside. It's just, you know, we've got to stop the run and, and the shortest path to the quarterback is a straight line, you know, right from the interior. So yeah, it would be interior defensive line. Damien, are you, are you going to disagree with Matt and Caleb? I don't know. I might decide to be contrary or honoring <laughs> <laughs> position of need. Definitely. You know, it's, it's interesting, right? I, I just contextually looking at it. When I see the interior D line, I see the potential for, I hope, right? So I'm putting on my hopium. I hope some of those fourth and fifth year guys stick around. Coe ain't got no business trying to go collect a check for, you know, six fifty when he can go get a couple mil if he has another strong season. Ellison yeah. Kelly, I think one of those guys is all the way done. And then one of those guys can potentially stay. They need to stick around. We need the quality depth. They're going to get a season with Schmitty. They're going to get better. Uh, Johnson's done. I mean, obviously, we got uh, LeBlanc and Kelly. Kelly. Kelly's done. Kelly's done. So Roberson's coming back. Or Ellison has another well, year. Ellison and Roberson potentially can come back. Yeah. Okay. There we go. All right. Bet. Yeah. So, you know, I. I <laughs> We need a five-star to come in there and change everything. You know what I'm saying? We do. But gosh dang it. I mean, if I haven't said this a million times, our DNs are not very good. Yeah. If, I, if I could say what I really want to say, and not and I, because I wasn't talking about one of my brothers, like that's literally one of my little brothers, but our D, we, we don't have a good one. We got a puppy who's really wet behind the ears, showing some signs of, of leveling up. And then we got two guys who flat out underperformed. They should be embarrassed to say they put another year uh, a varsity year on their letterman jacket because they both underperformed and for different reasons downs should be a, a three or four pairing with the top two guys coming in to provide you know he's a he's a guy who you can win with if on third down your first your first line of d line has to go out because they're tired and the offense is equally tired but he coming with a full boat of energy and and ready to go you know out um, with somebody, but if he's coming 40, 50 plays a game, man, it, it kind of nullifies the one um, main attribute that he has. So I look at that DM position and I'm like, yo, we need as many as we can get. I'm glad we got one. Obviously, we got one of the very best who's been with us for a while. We need to continue to stack more. We need to identify more than offense, man. I mean, you, you lose, you lose Willis. And and the Daniel kid here, you know, there's rumors going around that he maybe has some troubles, some suspensions coming and things of that nature. We got two pups. Well, he, he is he he is suspended. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, and it's not it's not good. He's uh, he's done. Well, when your mom's my mom always told me, when if I ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing. So I was trying to, you know, I was trying to be vague as to <laughs> well, not I, get the I, man business. That, he don't need my opinion <laughs> to be compounding <laughs> what he's dealing with because he got some big trouble. But uh, uh, we're probably gonna go portaling. I imagine we go get a kid in the portal, and we should be able to get somebody pretty damn good to come in and take on the leadership role because we don't have any uh, experience coming back at the wide position. 
All right, so Daniel, let's just jump to that. Let's just jump to that as our final topic of the night. So uh, you've got four portal portal slots anywhere on the OU roster, but only four. Give me your four position players that you're gonna that you're gonna go out and get. Give me a sheesh. We're gonna start with a three. We're gonna get a D tackle first, right? We're gonna so we're gonna get a D tackle and we're gonna get a DN. We're going to get a D tackle and we're going to get a DM for sure. But we also need a backer because, man, I, 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 I felt bad for talking about our DMs when our, our backers are equally as bad or inept. So we need a middle backer. So we're going to go D tackle, DN, line backer, and give me some O lineman depth. Uh, depends on if Wanye leaves. If Wanye leaves, it's a tackle. If he doesn't leave, it's a, it's a center guard center or guard center guard. All right. Caleb, you going to agree with Damien or mix it up a little bit? Pretty, but yeah, I'm in the same boat there for the most part. Give me, you know, God, give me two defensive ends, a defensive tackle, and a linebacker. I think interior offensive line, I, I think everybody knows, like, I'm on the bird train. Like, my biggest fear actually is that uh, somehow, you know, he's upset and transfers because that kid, you watch him pull, you watch him move people off the ball. He's got, you know, Manster like written on him, uh, you know, and I think uh, Taylor at right guard will step right in. Like he's extremely strong. I, I think OU needs depth there, uh, but they're they're decent. But like yeah, defensive end, uh, one defensive tackle. I will say like Damian won me over talking about the old guys. Right to his point, like Ellison, uh, Co. You know those guys can return. Uh, you know, uh, and, and, okay. and if you if you get your two defensive ends, you can try downs maybe more at the three technique. Yeah, yeah, you you possibly or it's like to Damien's point, like you know, just give him where he's giving you you know twenty snaps a game, right? Where he's yeah. coming in fresh and he's got a motor, got a great motor. He's coming in where you know it's a passing down, and he doesn't have to worry about you know uh, an offensive tackle down blocking on him and you know and caving the side in. But Oklahoma needs a middle linebacker, uh, you know, it'd be the other one. And it, I will say, and I've, I've mentioned this before, right? And and I think uh, Barry is the same with me. This offseason, though, I really hope like Grayson Halton, like he flashes, and that guy's got an amazing motor. Like he's flashing, he's super undersized, kind of narrow shoulder, playing interior, but he's still flashing. You know, really great motor. I hope that he takes you know this offseason extremely serious. And honestly, my hope would be he sheds some of that baby fat, some of that you know little soft you know high school stuff he's still carrying around, and that we see him come back at you know two sixty five and him playing defensive end. But I think he could be a physical guy, uh, you know, on, on the edge and, and help Oklahoma immediately at defensive end, uh, you know, next year. And that would maybe lessen them having to go, you know, two guys in the portal at, at, at defensive end. Okay, Matt, what, what do you think? You've got your four slots. Are you, are you falling in line with Caleb and Damien? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, half the pod we've talked about the defensive line, I think uh, – a D tackle, if you can find the right guy out there in the portal, uh, definitely a D end uh, to give you some depth or a starter there. Uh, linebacker, I mean, next year, Stutzman is uh, the only upperclassman out there. Uh, do they like Kip Lewis? What you know? What's his status going to be next year? What, do they like Kobe McKenzie? We've heard that his development's a little bit slower than they wanted. Um, so I think you're going to need a linebacker. I'm going to throw another position out there. Um, you know, in this scenario, Marvin Mims go the, goes to the NFL. 
Drake Stoops technically could come back, but what if he tests the NFL or maybe wants to change it up and do some coaching? You know, you're left with Farouk and then a lot of guys who have gotten a little catches. I mean, Gavin Freeman's gotten some PT, especially lately. Um, but after that, you've got Jaquazy Petaway coming in. You know, he's going to get some catches right away. After that, Nick Anderson hasn't played much. Uh, Keon Brown's going to be another freshman coming in. We've got J.J. Hester and L.V. Bunkley-Shelton on the roster. Uh, big transfer pickups last year. Well, I, would, I wouldn't say big, but um, they haven't made impact. I'm a little worried about who's going to be catching balls next year, um, especially with the tight end that I brought up earlier. Um, you've got a little uh, little depth there, too. So I'm going to go with the pass catcher as my fourth. Okay, well, Matt stole my, stole my answer. I think I think Damian and Caleb are right. We need to get as much D-line in as possible. Obviously, we need a defensive tackle, Juco defense, sorry, a portal defensive tackle. I'm not sure if it's a nose guard or a three. It's just the, the best guy, the best playmaker they can find, and the, the best defensive end they can find in, in, in Juco. Sorry, in, in portal. I keep saying Juco. I don't know why. I must have Juco on the brain. Uh, from the the Dolby discussion, and then I think I think it's it's a linebacker. You've got you've got to get some competition in for Stutzman. You've got to get some depth in behind whatever mix they're going to do with with Lewis Kennick and McKenzie in terms of who's playing cheetah, who's playing linebacker. And then I think I think a pass catcher. I I think a tight end is is, is I think you need to add another tight end. I don't think you can go to war with Helms and Llewellyn uh, the way things are ending this season. Damien, what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, some of these guys can obviously step up. They were highly recruited, but you know, you're going to rely on three or four true freshmen or redshirt freshmen next year. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Can I ask you an honest question, Matt, or you, Chris, either or. Yeah. Here's my question. Who's throwing them the ball? <laughs> that's a Jackson second. Arnold. That's an hour-long roundtable. <laughs> I all have a little stuff. less fear. I have a little <laughs> less fear if Jackson is throwing the ball. DG's throwing the ball. I think this, you know, different scenarios. So, yeah, you guys I, both raise a very valuable point. Um, a lot of inexperience per se. If Mims leaves, and man, I've been really thinking about it. Uh, you kind of took one of the things I was going to talk about on our pod is, is I was going to ask Barry, who's one of the most significant guys who, if they come back next year, will kind of equal towards a championship season. And the answer is Drake Stoops championship teams have a Drake Stoops been in the program a million years, catches everything. He he makes the impact play and he makes the effort play. He's actually a plus blocker. Now guy, I'm going to start the uh, Drake Stoops stays to campaign. Uh, because I think he is a key ingredient, whether it's DG in his second year starting or it's a Jackson Arnold and you're turning over some of the, um, you know, the skill guys and you've got that security blanket and a guy who's going to be where he's going to be. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to, you know, make some yak after the catch and, and play winning football. Drake's kind of an important piece. And when it relates to uh, what's going to happen next year. So if someone were to say, yep, do we need a receiver? I wouldn't disagree. I would first ask the question. Who's throwing them the ball? Give me Jackson Arnold. <laughs> I think the Red River rivalry shootout, whatever we're calling it these days, is is going to be Arch Manning versus Jackson Arnold <laughs> next October. 
uh, is it is it the ninth? I think it's the ninth. Maybe the OU Texas game is. Wouldn't I, that be something? I think I think Jackson Arnold's presuming he's, he he signs with OU and we're all good. Uh, I I think the the start of this this ugly debate for Brent Venables is going to be the spring game. I think he's going to look he's going to look unreal. Just FYI, if they play each other in Dallas, I I I actually think uh, uh, Archie Manning's still going to be. He, he he I don't think he's ready for the the jump up in the talent. I think Caleb said this the other day too. And I it's totally what I I watch him whenever I can. Uh I'll get on ESPN or Huddle or whatever I can. They play usually he he's been playing a game on ESPN once a week, uh once a season since he was a sophomore. I remember two years ago they had his game on. And it just looks to me like he's playing Pee-wee, like he's playing midgets. So I just question if he'll be ready in five weeks. Or, you know, I'm sure he's going to early enroll and have an opportunity to go into offseason and get some spring reps. But I just have a difficult time seeing, although his ceiling is very high, the readiness. If you say PJ is not ready because of his his uh, his raw nature, man, Arch has never played against a kid who's a two, two, you know, six foot, two, ten, four, six linebacker who's pretty standard in most big time high school football leagues. I don't think he's ever seen one. And and for him to jump to, you know, playing the likes of the the Big Twelve Conference, uh, Alabama at Alabama, that that'll that'll be an interesting uh, dynamic to see. So sign yeah, me up for Jackson. Actually, sign me up. Sign me up for. Uh, I'm all in on Archie. But I'm just telling you, if they put him in, I'm, I'm I'll be a happy cat because I don't think he'll be ready. Well, he's the probably experiment is tanking. He's he's having a terrible end to this season. The only reason Texas is winning games is because somebody finally told Sark that he actually had B. John Robinson on his roster. I mean, he's his stats are awful. If you've watched Texas play lately, he he looks terrible. I think there's some metrics. He's basically not even listed in the rankings. You know, he's he's in the 120s to 150s of you know, yards per completion. I mean, that's a huge statistic. And if you're not even in the top 120 there, what are you even doing? Yeah, here's a stat line from Kansas, right? He was 12 of 21, 107 in a touchdown. I thought they won 55-14. I guess I just assumed that he had a bigger game. I know he can make that one throw where, uh, you know, uh, Sark dials up. You get like that little bit of a layer in over the, over the linebacker, underneath uh, the safety, he can make that one throw great, and that's about it. Uh, outside of that, he does struggle. And that's with the dominant running game, Caleb. That's with, I mean, that's with B. John Robinson ripping eight yards a carry. No, you know, you're not wrong, right? And that's with Xavier Worthy at receiver, right? He's got a guy that's a number one that can take the top off, can run by most DBs. Uh, he's got uh, Sanders, a tight end, who's a really good player. I think everybody thought he should have played defensive end, and we were probably all wrong. He was right. He'll be an NFL tight end. Uh, yeah, he just looks – you know, he looks like Spencer Sanders. Not Spencer Sanders. Uh, Spencer Rattler. I think that's what he looks like. That, you mean the Spencer Rattler that didn't just tear Tennessee apart? Yeah, I mean, like one like Spencer Rattlers had one game, and this is his fourth year of college. Like one time, yeah. Like I've saw someone mention that, right? If you look at his stat line going into the game, it was like just the definition of average. He had his Trevor Knight moment. 
All right. Well, just to, to recap on this, the portal, the FCS kids have already started hitting the portal. There's some interesting kids already in there. Uh, there's a safety from Bucknell that OU coaches are following. And then the rest of uh, rest of college football, Division One gets to enter the portal officially on December 5th. But while we were talking, uh, a Texas A&M defensive end just announced he was he's transferring. Uh, Which one is that? I is not surprised. Donnell, Donnell Harris, Harris, a junior former, from like, Miami. Yeah, former like He's top a, fifty-five, top sixty recruit. Yep. So it's 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 perhaps already begun, and there are lots of rumblings that that they might lose somewhere in the range of fifteen to twenty kids, and and maybe ten kids off their off their just enrolled number one recruiting class. Darn. Hey, Chris, can I ask you a question, brother? Because yeah. inquiring minds want to know. And if I don't know, I imagine there's a lot of other people, tons of other, probably millions of other people, or maybe I'm just in a the stupid community. Walk me through this mythical portal. Like, where is that? Like, is it an email list? Do you get like a newsletter? Like, how how does one look in the portal? It seems like some kind of like a, a Marvel multiverse thing or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, is it, is it just an electronic email list or is it like, you know, they're going to text mail it to you? Like, how do, how do you how do you see this portal? For those of us who are not, you know what I'm saying, in the know, and I'm, I'm sure Caleb and Matt and those guys are like, this looks like it. I don't care. I want to know. I'm one of those guys that if I don't know the answer, I want to know the answer. So help me out. So officially, um, uh, there's a very nice, there's, there's a couple of Twitter feeds to follow where they're, where the portal, portal folks are getting published. Someone's monitoring the official NCA portal website and pushing out this person is in the, is in the, is in the database now. So you have to go through your school. So there's literally like some lag time between the Twitter, the, the Twitter graphic with thanks everyone. It's in my best interest to go to. And there's usually about a 12 to 24 hour lag between that announcement and when they put their pay push their paperwork through their school, their school enters them, uh, their compliance department or whoever the school is assigned to it actually puts them into the actual web interface database then they get then the nca updates it and there are all kinds of reporters in college football um media tracking it now and there's some folks on twitter that are basically tracking it all the time and just push out whenever somebody enters so in layman's terms it's literally some ncaa database and yep. then it's twitter yep and then wow. and then well, i'm not sure it's a good question because i'm not sure whether how you get access to look at it that's a, yes. that's a little bit of a strange issue for me. I'm not quite sure on that. I think the program have access. I think the coaches effectively have like there's a to Damien's point like a, a database set up. Yeah, uh, per, you, have, you have sets of permission. Permission yeah. sets obviously. And you have Certain people can enter. And they're able to log in and, and search. So yeah, you can see defensive end from Penn. Here's his name, contact information, all of that stuff. I think is in there. You're able to see uh, who's there, and then they can withdraw their name, and it removes them from the database. So, it, yeah, you feel bad for like North Dakota State, right? I think they're getting ready for the playoffs. And they had three starters say, "I'd rather go play, like, see if I can play Power Five. So they just opted out, not going to try to help North Dakota State win another national championship, and instead just uh, quit. That's probably a whole another round table in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, because I wouldn't use well, a keyword on that. I'd say that's yeah. leveling up. Yeah, it's going to be 
I've been, I've been, Caleb and I have been having sort of a discussion on our message board about D-line recruiting and that OU has to know, has to have some names or have a good idea of some folks that are hitting the portal that they think they can get access to. Because there are too many good JUCO defensive linemen that they've followed that they never offered. I mean, uh, Caleb, can you can you speak to that just a little bit? Yeah, no, it was really odd to your point, right? I think we were fall for everyone, and like Sooner Nation was following, you know, like the Caden McDonald and Hicks, uh, and obviously Hicks chooses A and M. That's still in play. Caden McDonald chooses Ohio State, which I don't think anybody really saw coming. And so immediately turn, okay, what are we going to do? You know, junior college. Uh, I don't know, Kyle and I, we've talked about, you know, is the junior college ranks, does it have players? And this year it actually has got a pretty good crop, right? There's a bunch of bounce backs, guys that went to Texas A&M and played in 2020, you know, played six, seven, eight games on that actually good team that Jimbo had. You know, another kid, you know, LSU bounce back. Uh, you know, there's some like, you know, power five, really good program bounce back kids that are playing defensive tackle at the JUCO ranks. Uh, they've got offers from everybody, right? He's a kid in Mississippi. He's got offers from all of the SEC. Uh, the kid from A&M playing in Kansas offers from SEC, ACC, Big Ten. Kid in Iowa, Big Ten, ACC, SEC offers. Oklahoma's fallen all these guys, hasn't offered one. You know, so the immediately like the question is, okay, do they find something in a background or to Chris's point, do they, you know, through relationships, which everybody likes to give Ted Roof a hard time. He's got really deep relationships through the South, through Georgia uh, and, and through some places uh, and, and obviously Bates as well, BV. So, you know, thought is maybe there's potentially some guys out there that have maybe contacted Oklahoma through back channels uh, or Oklahoma may have spoke with and know like, hey, there's some interest here. They may be going to check out the portal and uh, OU may be, you know, um, um, one of the top choices. And, and, and that's some just con conjecture there a little bit, but just kind of looking at uh, position of need and then, you know, choosing to pass on, on some good JC guys. And also OU's what I will call frugalness and using official visits is leaving me very suspicious that OU's waiting for players, some players to hit the portal. And then they're going to get them on campus very quickly in December. Because they've been, they've been very weird in terms of how they use their official visits, at least lately. Uh, with, with, they offered four new DBs right after they kind of decided Ryan Yates wasn't, uh, wasn't really an option. And they didn't really get any of them onto campus for official visits in a quick manner. There's got to be another piece to the portal that isn't public facing. If you catch my drift, <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a sub portal. There's a like subreddit, like Reddit. There's a subreddit channel. There's some sub portal channel we're not we're not a party to, and I, I think I think we may be looking at portal madness uh, come December fifth. I know I only gave you guys four portal slots. I wouldn't be surprised if you brought in as many as ten. Yeah, there's some guys on uh, social media that, you know, college football writers, and they've been tweeting out the last, what, week, two weeks that, you know, that to, our, to kind of what we've talked about here, right, that there's chatter behind the scenes that, you know, 
a lot of these guys, they're going to be entering the portal, going to be some big names. They've already kind of line, are lining stuff up. Uh, so I think that's, you know, a really good, Chris. I think you probably connect some dots there. Oklahoma has a bunch of official visits. You know, you're allotted a certain amount in the calendar year. You can roll some over and they've got a big chunk left, uh, you know, and I know BV's got the policy of like, hey, we're going to recruit fewer guys, just better. Uh, and so maybe there's why there's a couple of extra, but it does look like maybe there's going to be, you know, uh, some stars aligning and maybe Oklahoma will be able to get in on some, some portal guys that can come in veteran guys and help, help continue to turn around for BV. I think we, as we saw right through this year, I could spend it six and five could have easily been six and five or five and five with last year's team. If you know, West Virginia doesn't snap it over a guy's head and, you know, a number of other things in games, it just kind of went their way. So, you know, it's not crazy to think just this good class and some portal additions, they couldn't flip this thing around really quick as well. All right. One last ugly portal, one last, sorry, let's kind of relate to the portal, but one last ugly question, moment of truth for everybody. I'm going to close we close the round table on this. What's OU's record if Caleb Williams had stayed a sooner? Everything else is the same. Mario Williams leaves, et cetera, et cetera. All the, everything else, the same. But Caleb Williams is your starting quarterback at OU game one. What is our record going into Texas Tech? Matt? Man, you put me on the spot first. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going 10 and 1. Outside shot at 11 and 0. All right. Damien, what do you think? I don't want to answer that question, man. <laughs> First of all, that kid ain't here. He's kicking ass in Southern Cal. You know, he cried when they lost. I still can't believe he cried when they lost. He freaking <laughs> cried. It wasn't even like a championship game. You know what I'm saying? It was like week four. What? Right. Crying, bro? <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, man, we're, I mean, I look at it as how many games better is. Caleb than Dylan because you know the game is the game and I think in each game there's something he brings to the table a third down he picks up versus K-State versus Martinez picking up all the first down and obviously Texas he can just go do 2.0 of last year um, TCU is an interesting game that's an interesting game that I think that might be his one loss if he was going to have a loss this season but we're 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 a top 10 team um i think we have the number one recruiting class in america just because the facade of the offense and and the production on that side of the ball who's guy uh colton vasic does not decommit i think bowen's already on board with us so the impact that he has as a face of the game and his ability to win is huge um but his big jazz is in cali so i'm gonna go ahead and uh you know <laughs> leave it as that all right caleb yeah, I, I hate to do this. I completely agree, like 100% with Damien. I think you're probably at 10 and 1, like that TCU game, the way TCU played that game. I mean, maybe Oklahoma wins a, you know, uh, an old fashioned, you know, 55 52 shootout. Uh, but, you know, Texas crumbles in second halves of every game. So even if they would have scored points in the first half, like, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, and he's, you know, to, 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 to D Mac's point, you know, his, his ability to run. His ability to throw in this offense, way the way Levy is able to dial up shots and dial up plays in one on one, I mean, goodness, you know, like the damage that he would do would have been would have been significant. And, and you know, like to Damien's point again, right? He he nailed this. Uh, 
you know, the way that would have helped BV in year one, I think you see why when, when, when coach Venables got the job, uh, you know, on the Alamo uh, dome floor there, you know, he's talking about, Hey, we're going to build this behind Caleb Williams and he's going to be the face of our program because he knew like he, he saw it. He knew, Hey, this kid is future number one overall pick. Like he's super special, uh, which is a little jab here. Still shocked that, uh, that Riley took Vandegriff over him. Uh, how lucky to still land him and then get him out to USC. But yeah, I think they would probably be, be 10 and one and setting with probably the number one class. You'd probably have Vasek, you'd have Hicks, you know, you may even have like Renaud, you know, some of those guys that were really super close, uh, you know, with the hype train that would have been uh, with Caleb and, and, and BV. Yeah, you're, you're, it'd have been big. And he's definitely winning the hype, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, we all know the OU brand, right? Like you have that interlocking OU in the side of your helmet, like, and you put up those numbers, you're on TV and you're, you're going to New York. Especially in a year where there's not really, I mean, CJ Stroud's a fantastic quarterback, but he's not wowing you with Heisman moment highlights. I mean, Caleb might win it this year. It's funny, right? Like he goes to USC and it's a big brand, but because of like the way TVs are all set up, like they play every, you know, 90% of the games that start like at nine o'clock central, you know, nobody on the East coast is watching him. Yeah. I would have, uh, I think you see that. I think the brand of, of OU's, uh, uh, maybe a little bit of step up. I think I agree. He would have, he'd be easily the front runner for the Heisman. Because I, I, I agree with you guys. I think we TCU's a shootout. But he's he's the fourth quarter difference maker in 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 the in this in the in the close games we've been losing, um, and also I'm kind of wondering Caleb with a better offensive line. I think we can say the offensive line's better this year than last year, and with a real running threat in Eric Gray, you know Caleb off play action is going to hit these bombs that 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 we've been frustrated that DG is missing. Frustrating. That's the word. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I got to say, to end this, I'm, I'm Jeff Lebby getting Jackson Arnold, you know, basically three weeks after he's on campus. At the time, I was like, why aren't you waiting for, you know, for Jaden Rashida to come visit? Uh, couldn't have been more wrong in that, in that, in that brief recruiting evaluation right there. Uh, Lebby bringing in Jackson Arnold, bringing in a five-star quarterback year one is just it's, it's an unreal recruiting job. What a win. Best quarterback in America. Yeah. I Based upon the talent he plays against, the, the Dante Moore kid out in Michigan apparently is really good. I like his film, but I, I can't trust his level of competition. We know who Jackson Arnold is playing week in, week out. And with that definitive statement, I think we're going to go ahead and call our first uh, <laughs> our awesome. first round table <laughs> red table finished. Thanks everyone for for participating. I hope our fans are going to enjoy this. We're going to keep doing these. We're obviously going to have a topic about the OU quarterback position after signing day. That's clearly an hour discussion for us. Uh, we're also going to be doing some things closer to signing day, and perhaps on signing day we're going to have some news soon about our signing day plans. So thanks, everyone, for, for listening. All right. We'll see everybody on the board. Thanks, everyone. Don't take it easy.